0: On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. Hour two of the show on a Thursday. Thanks for being with us here on the block. We're here two to four every weekday here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com, and of course, our streams, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Those are great places to not only listen to the show, but watch what's going on. See Strick and I. Uh, chop it up live and in person allo channel 951 also carries the stream yes a television channel for radio we got it all going on here at the ticket
1: big things happening more to come yeah more to come more in store uh, as we get through the summer and we get through um, towards the fall yeah expecting big things uh, looking forward to next week the spring game is going to be we're going to be all mm-hmm. hands on deck everybody will be tapping in for that as well and uh, see what nebraska has to offer in the next week absolutely strict would you mind telling people about our wonderful show sponsor our wonderful show sponsor is mary ellen's food for the so you guys got a chance to hear me sing yesterday i know you didn't (laughs) like it you probably laughed at it and all of that but don't laugh at the food that mary ellen's and the crew provides for you because it is tasty succulent and wonderfully crafted and made so go down there have your way pine lake 27th and pine lake uh let them know that on the block sent you
0: Absolutely. Big basketball hour here in hour two of On the Block. Uh, We're going to talk about DeMar DeRozan's daughter stealing the show last night and some of uh, Strick's fan interactions from college and the pros both. Um, And then I believe we're going to have a conversation with Bernard Day, who you Uh heard a story about him on Old School yesterday. If you didn't, uh, stick around about 3.30. We'll talk to him uh, here on the show. A little bit of breaking news, Strick. before we get into the the play-in games last night, specifically uh, the Bulls and the Raptors. Some news on the Nebraska basketball recruiting front. Uh, Brady Dunlap, who's set to visit town this weekend, announces he's down to five schools. Nebraska is in that final five, along with a fascinating list. North Carolina, Penn State, St. John's, and Villanova are the five schools for Brady Dunlap, the number 86 player overall in this coming class, a class of 2023 guy, Uh, 6'7 wing uh, known as a shooter uh score type of guy, not the biggest in the world. Um, he's from North Carolina originally, grew up there, but he and his family moved out to California. Mm-hmm. And Strict Nebraska's really been going to California uh somewhat recently. Wilhelm Breidenbach, uh from Modern Day out there. They get Ramel Lloyd from Sierra Canyon and now potentially Brady Dunlap from Harvard Westlake out on the west coast.
1: Yeah. Um it seems as that's what they're they're looking. They want to continue to make sure that they have strong uh, shooting and shooters um he comes highly regarded in that in that um you know list of uh things that he does well um great list great list um obviously going to be a great fit for him whatever is going to be the fit that uh allows him to uh showcase his skill and talent um you can definitely watch nebraska in the way that they in the style that they play to know that uh, those opportunities will be available to you if that's what you want to be able to do so um it's always good on the recruiting front to uh, you know see these guys be able to pop their heads out and you know uh, what is he, he's he's one twenty eighth nationally you know he's the uh, twenty first best player in the state which is that's huge when you're talking about California right mm-hmm. so yeah um, let's see let's see how it goes I think they gotta they gotta continue to to track those younger players to have a good balance between the transfer portal and those um, you know those young high school players that are coming out.
0: The thing that stood out to me when I look at that list, Strick, is if you look at the head coaches at all those places, Hubert Davis going into year three, Mike Rhodes just got hired this off season. Rick Pitino just got hired this off season and Kyle Neptune will be in his second season at Villanova. Fred Hoiberg in year five is the most tenured, the most established of any of those
1: coaches somehow. Yeah, it's crazy. And and that's crazy. When you think about Fred's been here five years. Um, one one thing that I I will say that I think that especially a young um, there there's there's two different qualities of a coach that are looking for different things. Some are looking for the splashes, mm-hmm. right? Um, Would you
0: say that was the first couple of years of transfer recruiting at Nebraska? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think they were looking for splash splash type type guys, right? Um, then you've got to look at character, and you've got to look at what your the style and, and 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 what the chemistry of the team is going to be made up and you want to be able to pick place and put those guys so that it is a cohesive mesh that allows the team to get the most like it does you don't have to be the most talented and i tell i i i, I say this all the time i am very i remember man listen we used to go out to Vegas. They used to. We, we used to have this team. Now it's an AAU team. they has got multiples of them. But we used to have a team where it was a, the Nebraska State, you know, um, national team, and we would all have to try out for it. It was like very like Olympic style, and the best of Nebraska would kind of come together and play. Now, some of us were super athletic. You know, you had Badgett, me, Woolridge, you know, Curtis Marshall, you know, mm-hmm. guys like that that we would have on the team that would be super athletic. And then we would have guys like Jason Glock and and Chad Adias and, you know, the Markowski types and Bruce Chubbick types. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We would have guys that were just scrappers, hustlers, you know, guys that can get the job done. And, and it was a good mixture because we would create and, you know, create space and create opportunities and kick it, but those guys were knockdown shooters. And so mm-hmm. a lot of teams that faced us would be like – they would just think they were going to roll over us, but we were very fundamentally sound. We rebounded. We played beyond our size. And what you thought you were going to get, just because we were sitting in the middle of the States, you ended up getting your head beat in because you overlooked <laughs> us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it took, it literally took um, a Jimmy King, who ended up in Michigan, Oster Tag, um, and like crazy, like there's like a couple more. I couldn't remember who they are. They were like Super high recruits out of Texas to beat us one year. And they didn't beat us bad. They they beat us, but they didn't Squeak blow up, us out, yeah. right? And then it took a Jason Kidd with two uh, centers that ended up going to LSU, uh, seven-footers, to beat us. Uh-huh. By a last-second tip-in, Jason Kidd freaking falling down after a rebound off balance, hits the ball towards the rim, and it goes in. That's how they beat us. Right. What the heck? So I'm I'm saying that I think that's the that's the blueprint of this new college age mm-hmm. is putting pieces together that are not bucking heads like what you got down in Dallas with, you know, Kyrie and Luca. But they're actually pieces that fit. And it's you getting them to understand that you're an important piece. You fit, although you may be a pawn. You're important to making sure the Queen can get to whatever we need to get to to win this chess game, you
0: know what I'm saying does it matter which position one through five has the talent versus the scrap, or is the fit more important than which position is you know the talented one
1: well the 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 place that you really want to have I would say your most talented pieces is at your point guard and maybe your two guard position okay if you have a good combination similar to what Gonzaga had. I think Gonzaga didn't have strong point guard play as they had in the past. If they were able to have that strong point guard play with Timmy, that, that makes. If you have that good combination between, you know, a guard and a, and a center, um, that meshed. Um, it, it came down for like Purdue at the end where they got exposed because they had young point guards and, and off guards that the the tension of the moment – wasn't able because you can scheme for a big man in college basketball to be taken Mm -hmm. out of it, right? Mm -hmm. There's ways to take him out. It's tough when you've got a guy like Marcus Noel and guys like that who can create space, create opportunities and drop dimes to guys that, you know, you may not expect and then have guys show up that you may not expect because, you know, you know, guys can get hot, but you can scheme for other guys.
0: The NBA the modern NBA at least feels like a wings game is 6-6 six, six to 6-9 to six, yeah. that can handle the ball that can go get their own shot can play on both sides of the ball. Yeah. College basketball still and probably forever will be a guards
1: game. Yeah. 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 No, no I mean, you, you, you're talking my language. That's that's it. It is. It is very guard dominated. If you've got good guards, this is why I didn't expect them to go as deep, but I could see why. And I and and I said, yeah, you know what? They've got a chance. It was it was it went beyond, um, you know, um, the coaching there at Michigan State. It went beyond that. Mm-hmm. To me, it got into who you had when Hogar and Walker, those guys were, were getting it done, and that's how you was able to overcome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the further you got down the line, you you kind of got some combinations of that when you got in the FAU where they had guard wing with some center, a solid solid play. Uh, they had a cross the board balance. Um, but then you see guards that struggle cuz you just don't have that chemistry. That's why you got North Carolina have it. they got great guards. You know that's not the key. That's not the, I mean that's not the problem, but they just had guards that didn't do it the right way.
0: You brought up Gonzaga a second ago and Eric on the text line says, "Hey, Strick, I respect your opinion the most of anyone. Well done, Eric, as you should. That's why we have him here in the studio to drop that knowledge." Um, Eric's question: What is your opinion of Hunter Salas? Eric says he doesn't think he's a fit for Nebraska and he's overhyped.
1: <laughs> uh, that's a tough one because I do I do know the family, and so um, that's a tough one for me. But I will say, um, I will say, his his defensive style fits. For what Nebraska wants to do, the long he can he can get after the best of them. I'm talking. I, I even think he's even better defensively as bad Badnermill, and I and, I'm, okay. and I mean that. Okay. Like okay. he's got that ability. He's got great feet, long arms, and he becomes a problem. Um, an area that I think his skill set um, is is solid is is his ability to get downhill. So if you're playing a uh, free, open, free style. He's a guy that can turn corners, get behind screens, create space. He's got a great floater and great mid-range. Mm-hmm. That's something that's been missing. That, like, That's something I would love to see from a C.J. Wilcher. The, we don't have that. We 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 don't have anybody outside of Tamanaga that has the ability right now to do that. Greasel was a one-two counter guy with post abilities. He didn't even have that in his game for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. So he has that ability in the open court because that's one of the things we talked about is in the open court, Austin, we need to get op- easier opportunities because it was so freaking hard for us to score. He has that ability. That's the kind of ability he has. So, um, I don't think he's, um, elite. So I would agree with you, Eric. Um, I think he could learn the point guard position. Yes. Um, I think watching him against Chucky, um, gave me pause in the earlier stages of his career. Could he get there now? I I think it's possible. Um, he is not a shoot first type of guy so yes that part of it as well so fit i think he could i think he could with the style that nebraska is actually playing right now. he actually he can shoot the ball too now he he can shoot threes but he has he has the ability the one that i really i really really am high on is latrell riceell junior his 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 three level scoring abilities are are next level and and, and I'm talking about his ability to get to where he wants to, how he wants to, and lose you in doing it. He's got that. He's got that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my thought on it. So one last question on this. You said
0: he could learn point guard if he had to. Say, say he does come to Nebraska. would Nebraska want him to learn point guard?
1: I would think so because or, it seems that's their style. Okay. It seems like when you got Greasel, you've got Romell. You you, you you Those guys are bigger guys. It looks like he wants to create a mismatch type of situation and put it into an advantage for Nebraska and bringing in guys with that size. That's why you're moving Mar- Jamarcus Lawrence over a little bit. You let him play a little bit at the point. But Jamarcus is more of a downhill guy, and he's capable of creating space. He's one of those guys. <laughs> I, I, I did miss him. He's one. Of, he's actually outside of Tominaga the next one.
0: That's The reason I ask, you know, would you want him to is because would it be – simpler for him just say how 94 feet and get downhill is the two
1: I mean yeah if you wanted to get him out on the wing and and push it up to him and let him do it that way yeah yeah do it that way you could do that he doesn't have to play point all the time no. but at least have it in the bag right well the thing about nebraska is they all don't have to play the point with the style that they play true you know their style is a is is a, is is not this it's not the uh, old Michael Jordan, the triangle offense. The, the triangle offense is meant for you not to have a point guard. Mm-hmm. Anybody can freaking bring the ball. It's It's all by position. It's by read. It's by react and respond to whatever the defense is trying to do, not do. And it doesn't make you have to handle. So, like, for example, it's always a two-guard front with a triangle. So when you're, when you're running the triangle, you don't have to face pressure. You just hit the other guy. If there's pressure there, you send the weak side guy up into the, to the top of the uh, key area, hit him and then action begins. So you really don't ever have to face pressure. That's what it's designed for. That's why Derek Fisher and all those guys never, they just, they would pass or they would flow up or they would hit up and then cut through. It was all a flow. That's all Nebraska's offense is. It's just some form of a flow with a kick to the big man, hand it over. The big man can bring it up, handoffs. Then you get into action. So that's, that's why I'm saying you don't necessarily need the true point guard at Nebraska. It's good to have, but you don't have to with the style of offense that they run unless they're going to change it. Uh,
0: Byron asked someone along the same lines, can Latrell play point? And I think you just answered that, strike. Sure, yes, sir. He can, but yes, he doesn't necessarily have to be the traditional number one point yeah. guard.
1: Yeah, he can. He can. That's that's what he was there. He can do that. Um, he can distribute. He can. But look, when I tell you he's, his three-level scoring is next level, and it doesn't matter if it's Power Five or what conference he's playing in, he, he showed it. Buckets at, or buckets. All, yes, sir.
0: I believe Nebraska has two scholarships remaining at this point. Um, we mentioned Dunlap at the start of the segment, and then the targets that are still out there are Wrightsell and Salas, and then McCollum from Siena and Hugley from Pitt, uh, who will all be visiting here pretty soon. Uh, before we uh, get to uh, Bernard strike. I did want to ask you, DeMar DeRozan's daughter last night, not the sole reason the Bulls won the game, but she was – Screaming her guts out. She was on the broadcast. She made herself a factor. The Raptors go 18 of 36 from the free throw line in a four-point loss. I'm going to give her credit for it. I'm going to say she helped the Bulls win the game. Do you remember any loud fans, any crazy fans like that, whether in college or pros, any that stick out?
1: Um, I mean, like I said, uh, in times past, the Antlers were bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they would, they would have a post board like – you, you you would want to be on your P's and Q's with them because they, they did research. Like, I don't know how they did it, but they did research and they would put, oh, your girlfriend, we know she's this. Or, you know, yeah, we know that you're a Prop 48. and <laughs> like, like, they would have posters and stuff. Like, they would literally try to get in your head. Um, during, there was no one specific. I think Toronto fans, sometimes they had guys that would sit down there. But my greatest, um, the greatest fan of all time for me was a gentleman um and you see him on it, it it was the craziest things he would be at one game in LA and then he'd be at another game in ten, in Texas and then he'd be at another game in New York and he's always sitting on the freaking front row mm-hmm. and he's always every every player goes over and says hello to him um, I used to talk to him regularly when I we go play in LA. Um, he dress his dresses like off the chain. Like he's he always wears these hats and glittery type joints and the boots and he's lace. His name is Jimmy Goldstein. He's a guy. He's a super fan. And when I tell you, he's he, since I've been playing, now he looks like he's still. He looks the same as when I was still playing. I don't know if he's found the fountain of youth or whatever the case may be, but he looks the freaking same. Jimmy Goldstein, look him up. Yeah, I man. Yeah. That man, that man right there. I seen him. I mean, you would see him all over the place. And I'm telling you, we would play from the east to the west. And I'd be like, bro, didn't I just see you in L.A.? You're in Miami now? Like, where, where did that come from? Oh, that's goodness him. Gracious. Oh, I'm telling you, he, he can dress as he, he I I used to think he was a roadie. I used to think oh, okay, he freaking yeah. lived in his car and he just drove everywhere. And no, but he, he's living a life, bro. He's living his best life. He NBA looked, style. He looks like he would have been a roadie for like the Who or the Grateful Dead or yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So here's another hypothetical for you, um, Strick. DeMar said that he didn't even plan on bringing his daughter to the game. Of course, you know, she was up in Toronto when DeMar was yeah. up there. Um and she she called him and said, Dad, can I come to the Toronto game? And Damar said, I remember her going to all the Toronto games since she was a kid. And I almost said no because she's in school back home, but she kept asking. She was adamant about coming. Um, and Damar said, all right, you can miss one day of school and come to a game. And he's not letting her go to Miami now. She
1: did her part. She played her role, and he's not <laughs> letting her come to the game. Come on, Dad. Um, yeah, I, there, there's multiple parts to that, right? Um, <laughs> I think that um if that had been anybody else's daughter, uh there could have been some scrutinies and some some things, but because it was his daughter that that changed that whole dynamic. Um because I, I when I heard it, I was like, that is irritating. Yeah. Now it worked in a couple occasions, except for uh Fred Van Vliet, mm-hmm. but I would have been irritated. Now, I guarantee you possibly if that was not his daughter that people would have been like <laughs> <laughs> or you would have had freaking LeBron uh, go over and say get her out of here mm-hmm. no, I'm just playing that was a joke <laughs> you know how LeBron's been kidding, getting people kicked out the games and stuff so that was a joke um, other players have been doing that too that's crazy to me that players are kicking fans out that's that's unbelievable to me at all um at another level but um i think it's great for her to be able to do that and be out there feeling like she's supporting her dad so i will say that part but you know it's kind of a dual a a dual type of thing and um and 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 so it's different toronto is different from miami Mm. and you know you may not want Baby girl down there in a Miami atmosphere, sure. you know, acting like that. You know what I'm mean? saying? So, I, 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 it's very possible that that might happen. Might happen. I would funny. I would be cautious of that myself.
0: Understood. She's essentially the new Vandy Whistler for the NBA. <laughs> Is that kind weird? of what she became.
1: Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay. Hope
0: not. I don't want to give her that reputation, but yeah. she did her part. She helped the Bulls win. She They're did. on the South Beach.
1: They're so. on their way. And um, I, you know, I said it. I said how it was going to go down. I, you know, Giddy, mm-hmm. I thought was. You know, uh, shout out to Siakam. And that, and that goes back to what you said about those wing players, Levine, Siakam. It was those wing guys that are, are mm-hmm. the ones that are thriving, uh, to include Tatum and so forth and so on. Um, and Durant and all of them are all these wing, wing type of players.
0: Absolutely. We're going to step aside on the other side. Special conversation coming up. Bernard Day, former Nebraska basketball player, will join the show. We'll step aside, get connected with him, and uh, have that conversation for you next. Lincoln Earth Day is on Saturday, April 15th at UNL's Innovation Camp.